0: Ever wonder what the dog in your life is thinking? Well, join me, Liz Murdoch, Animal Communicator, talking with the dogs and finding out what dogs want people in their lives to know and understand. I've spent my life talking and listening to animals. So, if you consider yourself a dog person or just happen to have a dog, I'm here to help you learn how to talk or listen to the dogs in your life. I chat with people too, sharing stories and tips on exactly how animal communication or being a dog whisperer makes an impact at home or when working with dogs. So welcome to Talking with the Dogs podcast, a place where we uncover exactly what dogs want us to know and celebrate that every dog has a story. This episode is brought to you by Noble Pet Foods. No nonsense, no bull. Go to noblefoods.com, use promo code DOGTALK15 and they'll deliver dog food to your house with Noble. We're gonna welcome you officially to the show, Jim. So let's talk about you first. So people know who's on today. So we have Jim from Noble Foods. And you also, how do you like to introduce, do you like to introduce Guardian Pet Foods also?
1: So Guardian Pet Food is the kind of the parent company. Um, That's that's the corporation. Um, And then Noble Foods is the brand line for the Mm -hmm. food bars and the treats. And then we have uh, a supplement uh, line that is under the Almighty Elixirs. Uh, and the Dog Almighty is uh, coming out next week in both mobility and Calm.
0: Wow, and does the Calm have CBD in it? Is
1: No, um, it's funny, uh, CBD is actually um, not allowed. It's, it's illegal in pet food, but you couldn't tell because everybody has it in pet food. <laughs> oh,
0: wow, okay. We're gonna come back to that because yeah, that comes so, up.
1: So ours is, um, there are things like uh, in the mobility, um, there's L-carnitine, there's collagen peptides, things like that. Um, it's, it's all under the NASC, which is the National Animal Supplement Council, as opposed to a feeding guidelines So it's, it's not a topper, it's not a broth, um, it's a broth-based supplement for those two conditions. Um, you know, the, the calm has uh, tryptophan and chamomile oil and things like that.
0: You, you started this dog company how long ago?
1: Uh, had the idea back in April of 2017. I'd been in the industry for 25 years. Uh-huh. Um, had the idea in April of 2017. Um, gave my co-founder a call and I said, hey, I got an idea. And he said, is it anything related to pet food? And I said, yes. He says, well, I've got to non-compete until July 1st. So I was like, all right. He goes, call me after that. So on July third, I called him up. (laughs) I said, "This is what I got. What do you think?" And July
0: Um, third of which year?
1: 2017. Okay. So a couple months later, um, showed him some of the prototypes and formulations and stuff like that. His background is in animal nutrition and research and development and and formulation. So he was he was impressed with the original formula, um, Mm -hmm. but he made it so much better. uh, Then so much so that after we did our first uh, production runs or sample runs Uh, we got them tested uh, all the analytics amino acids digestibility all that we actually founded the company and incorporated uh, it was three years ago yesterday Um, so October October 29th uh, 2017 we founded the company and then um, took us about a year year and a half to find the right manufacturer uh, to be able to do what we wanted and meet the specs and quality Um, so then we started selling um, started selling in 2019 uh, mm-hmm. and then we relaunched the The original product was called more which stood for meals ready to eat um, okay. and then we had the treats were whole prey because all they have is heart liver and meat mm-hmm. uh, and then in february of 2020 we rebranded to noble because um, it captured more of kind of who we were and what we believed so
0: well, I, I love it. For those of you who have been focused on the dogs, no bull, get it? There's no bull in the food. And Noble is also a very classy name. So,
1: And you I don't think, need a bowl to feed it. It's
0: no, no, no. So yeah, it comes in packets like a stick. And I, when I first tried it with my dogs, I cut the top of, it's like a, it's like a bar and I held it and I let my dog bite it off. And so he bit off half and then I turned and gave the other lab and then my little dog got a little morsel. And you you do want to have water available, right? And and that's on some of the packaging, make sure your dogs get enough water.
1: Yeah, just like any, any food that you would give, uh, dogs should have water ad libitum, you know, so whatever they want, as much as they want. Um, The difference on ours is it doesn't require rehydration. Right. So there there are a bunch of freeze-dried foods out there that they tell you for every two or three medallions, you should put a quarter cup of warm water for five minutes before feeding it. Ours doesn't need that.
0: The reason I really want to talk to you about this is because it comes up so frequently digestive issues when i'm doing a scan and dogs are missing something and people are trying to figure out which dog food they go to the vet who prescribes a certain dog food and they're concerned about the price point or they want to cook and yours is very easy and well we're going to filter that through but dogs i'm trying to help people figure out, find the best foods for their dogs. And CBD is the second tenant of this is that people, CBD can be great for many dogs in many situations. The challenge that comes up that I don't think is out there enough because so many people are trying to sell it is finding the right dose for your dog and all of that. And people often don't realize that you can't just buy CBD and give it to your dog. And so I like that you when yours is called calming and you talk about it being illegal, can you share from your you've got way more experience about this CBD in dog food and yeah. dosage so um
1: the the issue is there's there's no data. Um, there was a uh, congressional hearing last summer um, fall in that time frame that said you know they they brought in a hundred some odd people. Uh, as experts and witnesses and things like that to talk about uh, CBD Mm -hmm. and none of them provided or would bring data because all, all the FDA was looking for was saying, we need to know if, is it five milligrams per 10 pounds? Is it, you know, is there a point where if you gave 20 milligrams to a larger dog, is that a problem? What if you're giving CBD in an oil, a tincture, uh, a treat and a food like how does that happen like what what's the absorption rates what you know what effect does it have on the dog so there there's all these questions and none of them these were manufacturers these weren't right. just people out on the street none of the manufacturers provided the data um, one one manufacturer said well well my cbd we have tons and tons of data mm-hmm. and the senator said to him well i would expect that on my desk at five o'clock this evening and then the manufacturer back was like, no, no, no. Cause he suddenly realized he's in a congressional hearing and what he's saying is law. I mean, it's a, right. in trouble. So, um, they, they've put it out there. There's, there's tons of people that sell it, use it. Um, there, there's no doubt there's a benefit to it. And, mm-hmm. and dogs and people get benefits. I mean, I, I use the CBD cream cause I have kind of like the beginning of arthritis. Um, mm-hmm. and if it gets really bad, I put it on. It, it's helpful. Um, but the, the issue and, and the bigger problem is um, there's no standards, no um, quality measures, there's no unified force to it. Right. And there's no, um, there's not enough people or agents or officials in the regulatory body to crack down on. it. Right. So what they've done is they occasionally go out, grab some product, and the only thing they're cracking down on now, there's two parts to it. One. If the company says a medical claim, like mm-hmm. this fights cancer or this stops arthritis or it, so if they make a medical claim, the FDA, FTC stop them and put a stop sale and do all that stuff. The other one is if they take the product and they test it and it says that it has so much CBD in it and it doesn't meet those levels mm-hmm. um, too high or too low within a certain percentage range, then they'll actually shut them down as well. Um, yeah. But Overall, there's not enough enforcement to go after everybody and it's, you know, a couple hundred million dollars, if not nearing a billion dollars in sales in the pet industry.
0: It's huge. And and to make it
1: even worse, but the pet industry, uh, CBD is much less expensive for whatever reason than it is on the human side. So you actually have a lot of humans buying CBD ointments and tinctures for dogs and taking it themselves.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because it's
1: like $25 cheaper.
0: Yeah. Well, I, th- I think certain um, medicines are that way too. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, arthritis meds for dogs is different. Okay, so the CBD, and the reason I don't want to just skip over this is because it comes up with in my animal communication chat sessions. And I also have to be very clear. I do not diagnose issues. I'm not a vet. I'm not medically trained. What I do is I can tune in with a dog, and say, I see that your dog is having digestive issues mm-hmm. I, to a client. I just think it's really important because people do get frustrated about their vet bills or they don't go to the vet soon enough. Or I've had people say, I wish they called me soon enough, but they're trying to figure it out. And it, I really want to advocate for the dogs. If you're going to give your dog CBD oil, make sure you're monitoring it and giving them a dose that somebody is is advising you is the right dose for what your dog is eating and other meds that it's on. Do you agree? Yeah,
1: I, I, absolutely. I would also throw in to, to do a little research on the brands that you're considering. Um, I think two months ago, there was 25 CBD companies that got hit by the FDA
0: Okay. for,
1: for not having the right amounts uh according to their packaging um for you know purity issues things like that it's it's unfortunately when you have something that has such a groundswell and explosion of sales like this you you get a lot of folks that are in it for the gold rush not for the long-term health and benefit of the industry or the people or pets that they serve Um, right so I, i i again personally like we have um in in our innovation file, we have a bar that is completely you know code named Maui Wowie um, for a CBD bar, but we won't we won't even produce it to test it because it's not legal. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's lots of things. So there's there's other alternatives to CBD. There's the you know the other natural botanicals and endocannabinoids. So y- y- you got a lot of that stuff. It, it, you just got to spend the time and, and do the right thing because there there isn't an easy solution to some of the problems. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, it's usually a longer term situation, like a, an arthritis in a dog, while it could be in the healthiest of dog otherwise, a lot of times there's other health issues with that dog that exacerbates the problem of the arthritis. It's, you know, the, the sad thing is, is about 60% of dogs, I think the last number is 58% of dogs in the US are obese. Mm-hmm. So obesity leads to potential diabetes, heart conditions, joint health. I mean, there's, you know, all sorts of respiratory issues. There's so many things that go on that. And it's, you know, part of the problem is we, we, we tend to feed out of love. Like, oh, if I give right. more food, the dog's paying more attention to me. I'm paying more attention. They, they know I love them and it's good.
0: People don't intend to have an obese dog. They're... Yeah. As you said, they here's another treat. Oh, we have visitors here. Go have a bone and be quiet in your crate. Or here, here's some more treats. How can... Um, so so they're coming from a place of caring for their dog for the most part. So then they're trying to figure out what to feed. And that's an anxiety that comes up in my conversations as well. Yeah. Well, I, I was trying to figure out it's so expensive. I'm going to make my own. I'm going to try another product. How can they... like? Why should they switch to... Your dog food. There's so many people starting dog food businesses. What makes your special?
1: Yeah, and so this this might be shocking. Uh-huh. I, I'm not saying that my food is the best food for all dogs.
0: Right, it's good um,
1: because there, there's so many things. Like um, there, there's kibble, there's fresh, frozen, freeze dried, raw, all those things, and you know everything for every person or every dog. Um, so even within kibble. Uh, you know, I, I worked at Purina, Blue Buffalo, Royal Canaan. So I've worked at big, the biggest pet food companies. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, the the kibble that they make goes anywhere from eighty five cents a day feeding cost for a twenty five pound dog up to two dollars and fifty cents. And, and it's a it's a broad spectrum. It, it right. serves a purpose. It's shelf stable. Um, it's less expensive. It's, you know, complete and balanced in a sense, not Mm -hmm. always proven that way, but it it has those things. So, you know, you, you never, um, we always joke, like people always talk about, Oh, don't, don't talk about religion. Don't talk about politics. Uh, my co-founder and I always throw in and don't talk about their food choice. Uh,
0: exactly.
1: Because it's food for a person and for their dog is a very personal decision and you know you're you're not going to sit there and go I'm going to take this because it's the worst thing possible for my dog but I can afford it right You you can't you you put your love and your thought and your intentions into that food so if someone comes around and says that's awful you're you're killing your dog with that food right You know immediately the shoulders go up and you know if you're the dog the haunches go up <laughs> the tails and and there's no reason to do that I mean you you just our entire approach is trying to just educate people on what's important to the dog.
0: Uh-huh. And if
1: those things that we tell you, if you look at it and you say, all right, well, that matches up with your diet and my needs mm-hmm. then take the food, take the diet. If, if it doesn't, if it goes to something else, we're, we're not going to shame anybody and say, Oh, you should really feed ours. Otherwise it's awful for your dog. That that's not the point. Everyone to their own abilities has to do what they can for the animal that they took in.
0: That is so great. No dog shaming, dog food shaming, you're right. Because I think, I mean, that's part of my mission is is building community regardless of where your dog came from, what you named it, what kind of breed you have, that we need community because we're also attached to our dogs for the most part. Nobody intends to take it to an animal shelter, but if we can learn how to feed them better and support each other, then we're going to have healthier dogs, happier homes. And I do believe fewer dogs that we can't take care of that end up in shelters. Yeah.
1: Someone's I, overloaded. I, the, the only, the only time I shame, um, a pet food company uh-huh. is when they just outright lie or have too much marketing puffery. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I literally just wrote an article on LinkedIn, um, about a company that actually made claims that are, not allowed by law and they have no data to support it. So I I, I'll call them out. Yeah. Um, But I I won't call someone out for that choice because I think the form that they use and what they're trying to do is, is right and good. But you, you know, you can't just throw out marketing words and puffery and claims like you got to have actual data. It's, it's kind of a microcosm of the bigger world that we're in now as people don't want to listen to science. <laughs> they,
0: yes, yes. And with our dogs is that there's a lot going on and dogs, especially can, if, if they're eating the wrong foods or they're eating too much of even the right food, there's going to be medical issues and costs that some families get overloaded with and, and they can't afford a $3,000 whatever. Yeah. And yet the dog might really need it. So it's like, let's try and keep our dogs as healthy as possible.
1: Um, just something crazy uh, as an FYI, a, a lot of um, people with their dogs that have an allergy or a sensitivity, um, manufacturers do not have to report what they would call a manufacturing aid. Right. So if, if they put a particular oil in or a different um, chemical to help in the processing of moving it through the extruders and stuff, they don't have to list it. And oftentimes uh, it can cause some sensitivities or allergies, uh, not allergies, insensitivities. Um, Allergies are pretty rare in total, but so it causes a sensitivity, and the person often will look back and go, oh, well, it it might be the, you know, it must be the chicken or it might be this. Um, And then the other problem is because there's no consistency of ingredient requirements, raw material ingredients. Corn is not corn is not corn and right. sweet potato is not sweet potato.
0: Yes. And I've so, talked to people about how it changes. They'll say, Oh, it suddenly developed an allergy. And I'll say, well, if the, if it got sold to another company or something, they're not it saying it have to just, you found amount.
1: it, you found yeah. it for three cents cheaper and it's a different
0: yeah. site.
1: It's, it comes from a different part of the country. It's a different farmer. It's a different, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh it's crazy. Um, it, it really is. But you know, part of that, like I said, we don't have to put all those things in the diet. So th- there's far less likelihood of there being any problems. And a lot of the carbohydrate and stuff that goes into it, it's it's not the primary thing that causes the GI distress. Um, but we've, you know, of all the products we've ever sold, we've only had two dogs that had a GI issue. Mm-hmm. And turns out one of them was uh, a 12-pound dog. <laughs> so they should have only had uh, half a bar oh, a day. Right. Uh, the owner thought it was more like a treat and gave him three bars. Oh. So they had six days of food. It was like, well, of course your dog had GI distress. <laughs> like yeah. you just jammed seven steaks in their mouth. <laughs>
0: Well, I've got three dogs. I've got yeah. like two labs and then the Chihuahua who's got like no teeth. So I'm mashing her stuff up. But but yeah. the thing that's good about yours too for her, for a senior dog is that it, it like dissolves in her mouth. I, mean, I give her a small part. She can chew in the back, but it, it crumbles so well because it's so pure that I was like, oh, yeah. this is good.
1: We My my golden before this one um Died of cancer and lymphoma and had mega esophagus, um, and when when he was struggling with the mega esophagus uh, and the the treatments and things like that, um, the the food was great because for only him uh, is I would soak it in water just because it was difficult. Like otherwise, he would regurgitate and and have problems swallowing.
0: My so last I, podcast guest had that. I'd never heard of it.
1: Yeah, it's it's awful. So, I mean, yeah. like, there are actually some dogs that are younger that don't have it with other disease that actually there's, like, little seats that you have they to sit them up like those. this so that they could get it down. Um, but for for my dog, I, I put the bar, I, I crumbled it up, and then I put water in it.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: it was, you know, basically the consistency of a milkshake
0: right. for him.
1: And, you know, it was phenomenal because he kept – kept going and was able to eat that. And when he got to the point where he no longer was interested in the food, we, we knew he was, you know, he was done. Um, wow. And it's it's crazy. We actually are working with um, a university trying to get a longer term feeding study for uh, cancer. Uh-huh. The, the prevailing thought is that um, cancer cells uh, easily convert carbohydrate. Uh, to feed the cancer cells. Uh, And the cancer cells cannot easily convert, and actually the the good cells uh, thrive on the fat and the protein. So the the current belief is that a diet that is very low in carbohydrate and high in fat, because that's the primary energy source, and protein um, can actually help a dog fight, doesn't cure, but helps a dog much better in fighting cancer. So we're, we're providing them with pallets and pallets of product uh, to try it and to test it and, and to see, like, we won't be able to make any claims or anything for years on years, uh, if ever. Um, uh-huh. But uh, we've, we've had lots of anecdotal information of people that are just like, my dog lost all interest in fresh food or in kibble. Uh, I heard about your product. I tried it. Uh, they loved it. And you know, we've had about a half a dozen people, again, anecdotally just say, like, when my dog stopped eating your food, we knew it was time to put them down. Because mm. they yeah. were in too much pain. I was like, yeah. You know, so that's, that's one of those things that you know, whatever we can do to, to help out a dog to make that stuff go. And yeah. You know.
0: Well, it sounds like you're on the perfect track to do this. And it's, you know, it's not like, okay, well, this is a good niche. I'm going to try and fill it too and play the game. It's clear that <laughs> you've your we've dogs been, are fighting for, advocating for you.
1: Yeah, we've we've been accused. We have um, a a vegetarian bar, uh
0: huh, oh that's gosh. coming out. Uh huh. Um,
1: and you know, it was one of those things that um, you know people are like, "Oh, you're just trying to capitalize on you know the vegan movement and all that stuff," and it's it's not. We actually were advisors for a company called Bond that works on cellular um, right. proteins, so they basically. Uh, they drew out DNA from a chicken. The chicken stays alive and runs around, and everything's fine. They take that, they put it into a vat, they feed it essential, like amino acids and oh, different wow. things, and they actually grow meat. So it's, it's lab
0: no GMO? I mean, yeah. it's, it's so it's, it's GMO I mean, there's, meat, but it's considered vegetarian?
1: Well, it, it's those are some of the debates because it's you're, you're taking a cell you're not most people are the the vegan or vegetarian because of the injury and damage and death right. to an animal right well this doesn't like so this this chicken we, we've been doing the work for two years this chicken's still around running around doing all having that stuff having fun and it's made several hundred pounds of chicken meat off of that one draw oh wow and so it's, it's cleaner. There's no salmonella, no E. coli, none of that stuff. And it just grows in the vat and then, you know, is ground up, made into a slurry and put into treats and, and eventually food.
0: Is there any, I mean, I guess, are there differences to this laboratory created chicken in terms of the benefits? Are there any side effects?
1: No. So, so right now um, it's truly, so there's no, no in vitro part. It's pulled out, it's put into a a vat Uh um, and, and it grows grows. inside there. just, but like you can grow white breast chicken meat. You can grow thigh, you can any of that stuff because, you know, and, and you can feed it the the nutrients to have those cells grow. So even feed makes it sound like frankensteinish, but you're right. you're just providing it with the the nutrients that the cells need to multiply and grow. Okay. So it's uh, my my wife calls it franken science, <laughs> but right. um it, you you actually can make a better meat. Again, no e coli, no salmonella, right. none of that it's stuff. Not
0: in the environment that's Yeah, continued. no
1: slaughter None of that stuff, depending on what nutrients you provide the cells, you can customize what that meat will be and like what it will deliver. So guaranteed protein levels, you can add in different things to it, like, you know, supplements or stuff like that to, to fortify. Are they selling
0: this to people yet? Like, can we buy Uh, chicken breasts? Are we going to be able to?
1: So the, the challenge is Bond Pet Food is, is the company that we're working with on it.
0: Uh-huh. They
1: uh, just B-O-N-D. They're up in Boulder, Colorado. Rich Kellerman uh-huh. is the, the founder. Um, they're, they're working on it. We've got treats out there. We've got a, a bar treat um, that's driven by yeast, but it was just kind of building on the idea because the way the yeast is grown is the way the chicken's grown. Um, three years ago, the cost of one pound of chicken meat from the cell lab was about $10,000 a pound, equivalent, Um, and now it's down to under a thousand. So the idea is to get to market next year. Um, By that time, it will be less expensive than regular chicken meat.
0: Wow, and the broth, I mean, you can still make the broth,
1: yeah, well, and the thing is, you you don't need it, so, like, on the human side, because that's mm-hmm. where the big, like, uh, whatever, Impossible Burger, Beyond Meat, right. all those guys, there's companies that are making vegetarian shrimp kebabs and, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah,
0: I've had those. Um,
1: and, and the idea behind this is, um, you know, they, for them, it has to look a certain way. So, like, when you make a vegetarian burger, there's a lot of beet juice in it, because... They want it to squeeze and look like it's bloody and they they want to make fake meat basically on, on this for the pet. You don't need it. Like you don't need the marbling of a steak. You don't need the texture on that because you're just taking it and you're grinding it, mixing it, blending it, and then producing it. So it, it doesn't need all those same things. So he'll, he'll have a finished good product well before some of these other guys and they're spending a lot more money because it has to have that visual uh, representation where he, he doesn't have to, it just has to have the flavor, the aroma. Um, And
0: that's how they're getting is fake shrimp. We just had fake shrimp the other night. Does that have any of the, the real shrimp essence in it? Or is it just,
1: I I don't, I don't know. I haven't done anything on the human side. Like we, we started this one with rich on the chicken. Um, And then obviously the next one would be beef, but, there's like some ridiculous number of 70 billion chickens a year are killed for pet food. Yeah. So that was the idea of like, okay, well, when you look at what like the size of a vat, what goes into it and what natural resources it takes to develop it yeah. versus having a billion chickens running around and feed and environmental and all that other stuff. Same thing with cattle. Oh you know, if, if it works here and you do it with cattle, You'll you'll be able to take like the prize Angus steer, right, draw the DNA out, and then that cow, that, that steer can can live in like the high life for 20 years just right. getting occasional blood draws. Oh and gosh. and it would replace like right. years and years of cattle herds.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, this is definitely something to think about for yeah. sure.
1: It's, it's, it's kind of trippy, but
0: (laughs) it is, it is, it is. I'm sure people will have a field day debating all the variations on that, but that's okay.
1: Which is where I went. I was going with the the vegetarian one. Um, So we, we looked at the vegetarian diets that were out there and we're like, these are awful. I mean, we actually took them and tested them and they weren't delivering what they said they were. They were short on amino acids. There was all sorts of stuff. And we were like, like, if, if, our, if our mantra is pets before profits, then we should be able to do this. Yeah. So we set out and we developed the, the vegan one. And we actually went head to head with the two biggest uh, vegetarian ones, V-Dog and Wild Earth. And we crushed them on analytics and palatability. Mm-hmm. Um, then we said, you know, that's only going to work if we show that it's really different. So we compared it against 12 meat-based kibbles. And we destroyed them on all of it as well. Wow. So, I mean, we where we're all natural in the meat bars, because of the vegan, we had to add certain things, calcium, phosphorus, all carnitine, taurine, things like that, that usually come from animal sources. Mm-hmm. So we added synthetic versions of that. But those 12 meat-based ones that we've we compared ourselves against, they use the exact same ingredients. And our okay. point was, if their meat is that good, why do they have to supplement it with
0: the supplements. The, right. the
1: meat supplement, the yeah. essential amino acid supplement like we do. You know, there's okay. 1,800 companies that use L-carnitine in their diet, but they're all meat-based. It's like, why do you need to do that?
0: They shouldn't need to do it. Yeah.
1: It means that you're using a poor quality ingredient.
0: <laughs> well, so I, I'm in LA and there's, I mean, people maybe they do that elsewhere, but they get very graphic on what people are using. And they're saying, well, they're using, you know, euthanized dogs. That's the meat that they're using. Is that true? This is- it,
1: there's so the, it's like, uh, one of the things that, um, just food for dogs is coming out. The owners Chavez and, and those guys are coming up with a book and they're like, you know, they, you could, you know, pet food allows for poultry feces and, you know, dead, diseased and dying. And it's like, yeah, but so does a hot dog. Yeah, you know, I mean, when you look at um, pathogens, all all human food needs is what's called a log three kill step, a log three reduction. So you go from a million to a hundred thousand pathogens, C- CFUs. It's like, yeah, but if you, if you break it out that way, it sounds disgusting, and you'd be like, oh my god, I'm not going to eat any of that stuff. But most companies are beyond that. That's just saying like. If you're if you have 101,000, you should be shut down. But most companies are further log four, log five. But you they try to take the one grand statement that's going to make everyone shudder. And it's like you know, no one no one goes to the pound and says, "I'll take the last 50 dogs you euthanized and grind it up and and do that." Has there been unscrupulous rendering plants that have taken all sorts of animals? Yeah, but. Like those are those are bad people.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, those aren't. That's not the norm. That's not how it's done. That's you know. But somewhere along the line, someone did that. So then it became oh. Here that's
0: you what go. everyone's doing.
1: You know. And then the other favorite comment that people make is like, "Well, are they are they raised? Like, is it GAP certified? Are they humanely raised? It's like yes, they're all humanely raised right up until the point they lift them up by the hooves and slice their throat. Like, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. You know, so it's it's just one of those things like where where you want to focus, um, and you know that's why we're involved with bond and looking at alternative things for us. Like we're we're also working on a black soldier fly larva and a cricket. Um,
0: oh bond. yeah! Wow. Because
1: if if you can do that, you know mealworms. If if you can and get the same sort of level uh, of efficacy for a dog, and the right. dog thrives on it, then why why ruin this ecosystem right. for this one? If you right. can come up with alternatives.
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard. Well, I think it's great that you're continuing to work in this industry and try and find ways to make a really positive contribution for sure.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, been in it for 25 years. You know, it's like, you kind of, kind of gets under your skin and into your system. Well, <laughs> I
0: mean, I think it's like what, what Cappy said is though that, you could do other things, you know, I mean, yeah. once, once you've learned how to work within a, a large corporation, you, you can transfer a lot of those skills to, you know, manufacturing, you know, pens or whatever. But, you know, I think that there there's a need for this for sure. And people are searching and they get confused. And should I go to the vet and buy the dog food? The vet's saying, or what should I do? So, um, I think it's good that you want to make a contribution. Yeah.
1: I mean, um, my co-founder, Ryan Yonka, uh, he, he works, or not works. He writes, uh, blogs for pet food industry. It's like debunking pet food myths and misconceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he takes it from a science perspective. Um, for me, I write similar things, but mine's just a, a much more, uh, layman terms and, and commentary. Mm-hmm. It was just like, you know, again, when people say, oh, so you're saying yours is the best pet food out there. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm I'm saying for certain dogs, it's the best, you know, That's good. I you have to find a dog that won't like it, but you know, it. so you, you have these different things on there and it's, we tell people, here's what you should look for. Like, here's the first set of questions. And I I, I put a, I think it's on our website too, but we had the part of like, here's five questions to ask when choosing a pet food does your dog have a specific need? Like that's Mm -hmm. the first and foremost. Like if, if your dog's fat, then don't give them a food that's going to make them fat or don't give them a quantity of food that's going to make them fat. Um, and and there's, the other questions are less about the dog, but just as important. I mean, it's like, does the dog like the flavor, the palatability, do they have all that stuff? Can you afford it? Where do you like to shop?
0: Um,
1: I mean, you know, all, all sorts of things like that that are important. So it's whatever, whatever your answers are, there's a path to the right food for you and the right food for your dog. It's not always here, spend $500 a meal and that's guaranteed to be the best for your dog. It it doesn't work that way.
0: Right. Um, And as your dog, Louie said, sometimes what's the right food now might you need something different four years from now or whenever, because they have different needs.
1: It always changes. I mean, the, the dog's activity level, their environment, um, you know, their stress level, their, what, whatever they're doing, yeah. Um, is going to impact their nutritional requirements. And, and the, you know, the the two greatest disservices that the pet food industry has ever done um, is, you know, small, large, and, you know, small, medium and large dogs. Like they're all the same. They're not they're they're just I mean, so Cappy, uh, Cappy weighs 42 pounds. Oh, wow. He should only eat a bar and a half or a bar and three-fifths uh-huh. to, to get the nutrient that he needs. He actually eats four a day, which is the equivalent for a hundred pound dog mm-hmm. because his metabolism is different. His anxiety, his stress, his anxiety, so like his yeah. his requirements are, are greater. Louie is 70 plus pounds and he eats four bars because yeah. he's growing still. So mm-hmm. otherwise he'd be on three. My, my dog that passed away was, was only eating three bars a day and he was 85 pounds
0: Yeah, 90, interesting
1: so it's like it, it changes for each dog and and the other the other problem is like the idea of well uh, one one year is seven years for a dog and it's like it's easy which is mm-hmm. why people said it but depending on the breed the size and all those other things it changes like one year for a small breed dog like a you know Chihuahua is about 14 years
0: yeah
1: you know at same Go, like uh, great Danes only live to six seven years old eight years old on average well th- there's different things that happen if, if you only take your dog to the vet once a year and it's a smaller dog or something like that it, it's like you only going to the dog once a decade <laughs> or the doctor once a decade
0: that's an interesting perspective yeah
1: I mean it's so literally if you if you, for simple math you say seven years is a whatever that's right. the, what they've always said the average dog goes to the veterinarian two and a half times a year. Oh wow! That's the equivalent of two point six years. Every two point six years, you're going to a doctor. I mean, how much do you think could change for you in yeah. two years?
0: Yeah, a lot. Yeah. So schedule those visits, and and visits can be preventative too. When you find things.
1: That would be that would be the ideal, to be make it be preventative instead of treating the disease. You you know help them so
0: yeah okay well thank you so much it's been fun chatting with you yeah
1: thank you very much for having me on
0: and keep me posted on the changes you notice
1: yeah i will i I guarantee you i think they're kind of eyeballing me okay bye (laughs) we'll see you thank you
0: if you or someone you know has a dog that you wanna find out what it wants you to know, go to my website. You can book a session with me and we can find out.